1: Time
0: of
2: the week. It's Doggy Time. Hi there. I'm Stephen Peters and I'm Dr. Rob Zamet and welcome once again to the Doggy Pod. Your weekly fix of everything you've wanted to know or didn't realize you should know about your four-legged
3: family member. In this week's episode of Doggy Pod, we're going to go to Puppy Preschool. We're also going to learn how to stop your dog barking every time someone comes to the front door. And we're going to talk about the best place in your home for your dog to sleep. Uh, We'll also get into
2: whether dogs have dreams or not. I've always wondered that. And our celebrity dogs this week are owned by the ultimate cranky reality show judge, none other than Simon Cowell.
3: Ah yes, Freddy, Squidly and Diddly. What breed are they? Well,
2: I'll tell you shortly. And Rob catches up with one of the all-time great TV personalities in this country, and she's a committed dog lover, Carrie ann Kenley. Now, how's things
3: been at the, um, at the vet clinic this week, Rob? You've been busy? We have had a busy time, and the most difficult case of all was a dog that came in with severe bloat have you heard of bloat, Stephen, in dogs? I,
2: not Well, no, I've only heard of bloat in humans and it's usually after too dinner. many pizzas yes. and,
3: and beer. Not pushing away from the Christmas table mm. early enough. Now, dogs get severe bloat and the stomach fills with fluid and gas and a lot of froth and it can also rotate the stomach. It rotates 180 degrees, everything goes with it and the dog will die within... 60 to 90 minutes, they could be dead. Their whole stomach will turn. The whole stomach twists on itself. This dog had got into a lot of food, the foam started, and he would have been dead. Only the owner had had it once before. We'd given him a very, very large uh, needle catheter, which he actually pierced in the side of the dog and expressed the gas, gave him time to get in here. And so what... Causes bloat in dogs, and I'm I'm talking a really bad disease. This is a disease that any deep chested dog will get. Dogs like bassets, dobermans, Irish wolfhounds, uh, a lot of the big dogs, German shepherds, Saint Bernards, they often get it. Great Danes, but I've also seen it in the little tiny Chihuahua. So any dog can get bloat, and it a lot of reasons will be given as to why: too much food, food that's off food that's unusual, like, you know, you shouldn't feed your dogs all of a sudden a whole lot of pizza uh, because that can cause bloat. Uh, But it can also occur if you feed your dog after exercise, sorry, Exercise your dog after feeding, most commonly, although even feeding after exercise, not letting the dog cool off, that can all cause bloats. And after the long list of what can cause bloat, there's also the miscellaneous reason, which means we don't know why this dog got bloat. It just happens. But it's a medical emergency. So we had to open this dog up. We had to rotate the stomach back. And the stomach was so bad in some areas, it had gone black. We literally had to cut pieces of the dog's stomach out and re-suture it and reform the the stomach itself. Open the dog up, empty the stomach, the black areas we had to take out. And the, the dog's still not out of danger, even at this point. Even after surgery, the dog's not out of danger because a lot of the bacteria that live in the intestinal tract now go yippee, let's raid the body, and they go into the bloodstream. They become what's called opportunistic pathogens or bacteria that all of a sudden are in areas they shouldn't be and the dog can die of shock it's called endotoxic shock shock from inside the body and from toxins inside the body happens in humans as well Um, so it's something we have to address very quickly and we managed eventually to get him through as you can imagine all this is extremely expensive extremely expensive and fortunately Th- they did have insurance for this dog, something we'll talk about in the future. But How old was the dog? Th- this dog was only six years old and uh, the biggest problem is that once blood occurs, it can reoccur again. So managing this dog in the future becomes a difficult uh, uh, thing to do. The people have to feed small meals and watch the dog very carefully and the type of food they will feed will be different to what they've ever fed him in the past. Well, thank God for doggy insurance, as you say. <music>
2: Um, our quiz this week. Why do dogs have wet noses? Is it A, it helps them absorb scents? And I don't mean dollars and cents. Is it B, it's a form of perspiration? C, it tells other dogs that they want to be friends? Or is it D, it's just doggy snot? Now, we'll give you the answer shortly, so please don't Google while you're listening to the Doggy Pod. Now, at your clinic here, Rob, I know you run puppy preschool classes. Yeah. Now, I took my dog to puppy preschool and she kind of passed, but it made me wonder whether you get dogs that just, even as puppies, can't be trained
3: or are just not good students. (laughs) Well, no, all dogs are good students. It's the people. They don't listen. They're not relating to the dog. Or they think there's only one way to train a dog. And there's not. There's many different ways. What I always tell them at puppy preschool is, learn what turns your dog on. Some dogs, it's treats. Some dogs, it's just being with your owner. Some dogs, it's a toy, a ball, something to play with. All different things, all different rewards for your dog. But one thing I always tell people at puppy preschool, when you're feeding your dog or when you're giving your dog a treat or when your dog takes a ball off you because it likes a ball, don't forget to use your your voice and say, good dog, good dog. After a while, That word good dog, because the first, you know what the dog hears when you first say good dog? It hears blah, 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 blah. That's all it's hearing. If it's getting a treat and enjoys a treat and hears good dog, good dog, after a while, just the word good dog, we think, oh, gee, I feel good about that. And he doesn't necessarily know why. It's similar to an experiment that was done many, many years ago in the previous century. Um, It was called Pavlov's dogs. He fed dogs and when he fed the dogs, he also rang a bell. After a while, he could ring the bell and the dogs would salivate with no food there. It's a conditioned reflex, conditioned response. These dogs learn that good dog makes them feel good. There's something about those words. Don't forget to use verbal praise. That's one thing I always tell them. I also tell people puppy preschool is preschool. It's not training classes. Would you stop your child's education at preschool? Of course not. You need to go on. And preschool teaches you a few ways of handling your dog. It allows your dog to socialise with other dogs early, which is important because if your dog doesn't socialise with other dogs, it could become either very fearful of other dogs and even become a fear-biter or just become aggressive or not know the road rules of being a dog. So it allows them to socialise. And they're the important aspects of puppy preschool, socialisation, a few little, not tricks, but a few ways of generating a relationship with your dog so that you can teach them the right behaviours. How important is the pitch of your voice and the way you use your voice? Yes, 100%. They're like, good dog, good dog. It's very different to, no, what are you doing? Very different, and the dog picks up on those straight away. So always be upbeat as much as you can. I mean, occasionally a dog will do something wrong. People say, I'll oh, just ignore that. I don't ignore it. I just say no straight away. They can hear the growl. Just like their mother would growl at them if they were in uh, growing up with mum and growing up in a pack. Mum will growl at them if they're doing something wrong. And I do that. Doesn't mean you have to <coughs> smack the dog or beat the dog in any way, but let it know when it's doing something, it's a behaviour that's incorrect. So we should feel free to use our voices as part of that training. Important, very, very important. It's probably the most important part. Your voice, patting the dog as well, you know, a bit of touch as well. All your senses, your dog can pick up when you're happy. Um, Even the smell that you're exuding that you don't know about, your dog will know. It's different to the smell that you'll exude when you're angry. Believe me. So
2: you've no doubt seen dogs where the dog is quite smart but the owners are just not picking up on what to do they're, they're the ones who are
3: failing the class. Uh, there are no dumb dogs. They are all very, very intelligent. You need to know what turns them on to get them to do the behaviour you want. Um, I've trained Afghans, I've trained greyhounds that are thought to be not the most intelligent dogs in the world but I've seen them in obedience classes doing extremely well. I remember once going along to an obedience trial because I, obedience was my first love when, of, of my jobs with dogs. And we went along to a trial, and there was a little cavalier, cute little thing, cavalier King Charles Spaniel. And I thought, oh, how gorgeous it's going to try to compete in this obedience trial. That little cavalier wiped the floor with me, Stephen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had my fantastically trained German Shepherd that I'd won obedience trials with, but this little cavalier responded to everything. You can train any dog, providing you know what that dog wants. Yeah, what, what the type of thing. And the dog learns what you want it to do properly. Of course, one of the things that um, I guess most people have some sort of problem with at
2: some stage is their dog barking. And in particular, say, if somebody knocks on the front door of your home, uh, they're greeted by the sound of a yapping dog. Even if your dog's not a yapping
3: dog normally, it will start barking generally. I, I know certainly mine does. No, if you knock on the door and you're going to dinner all of a sudden you hear this whoop, 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 coming down the hallway, you know you're in trouble. You think, oh, my gosh, am I going to go in there or not? Um, how, and do you, how do you stop that then? Well, first you have to have that relationship with your dog. That's essential. If you don't have a good relationship with your dog, your dog doesn't know when it's doing a good behaviour, uh, you're in trouble. Start with that. Go back to basics. Always go back to basics. Also, if your dog's in the habit of it, you're gonna to have to retrain that dog. So you have to set the scenario up so you've got control. You can't just ask your dog to stop barking if you don't have control. Put the dog on a soft collar in a lead and have someone come to the door. As the dog barks, you use, I use a word of admonishment. No. And then as soon as the dog's quiet, good dog, good dog. Reward is there. I've formed a relationship. I've patted the dog when it's eating. I've said good dog when it's eating. I've said good dog when I play with it. I say good dog when I give it a ball because it likes that that treat. I say good good dog all the time when it's doing the right behaviours. But they also use that word of admonishment when there's something going on that I don't want to happen, no, I'll growl it out and the dog looks at me and I say, come here, good dog, always finish with a positive note. In training, always finish with a positive. So you set the scenario up. Someone comes to the door, you've got the lead. If you have to have a treat there before the dog barks, give it something to eat. So you say, good dog, good dog. So the dog's hearing the the, the knocking noise, but it's eating or give it the ball. It's got the ball in its mouth. It's not going to bark with the ball in its mouth. Say, good dog, good dog. If if uh, it drops the ball and starts barking straight away, no, sit, to, I Always have them learn one really good command. Sit's a good one. Everyone teaches the dog to sit, so you make it sit. That stops the distraction of the barking. And then it's good dog, good dog again. Teach it and keep doing it. It's over and over again. And if you think about guide dogs, people get worried about treats all the time. You don't see many guide dogs. In fact, you don't see any guide dogs walking down the street being given treats all the time. They do it because they have a good relationship with the person they're working with dogs love having jobs and it's important to do it right from the very start once the dog gets in the bad habit of barking at someone at the front door set the scenario up and keep repeating it over and over again when you are in control of it that's the important thing
2: okay to my dog molly if you're listening there's going to be a bit of homework this weekend so uh, stand by Now, let's just talk about our celebrity dogs this week. They're owned by Simon Cowell, who's the judge on Britain's Got Talent, as well as a few other shows. Now, he's got Freddy, Squidly and Diddley. And he has said, I love my dogs so much, I take them on holidays. I let them sleep in the bed and sometimes one gets in the bath with me. Which seems a little weird. But his dogs are Yorkshire Terriers. Tell us about Yorkshire Terriers, Rob.
3: Yorkshire Terriers are small dogs. They're not a big dog. In fact, if you look at the breed standard, the first thing that tells you about size is the weight they should be, around 3.2 kilos. That's seven pounds. Doesn't talk so much about height. They're only a tiny little dog, about seven to nine inches at the most. They've got these beautiful um, erect ears and hair, long, silky hair, they were started way back from what was called the broken-haired Scottish Terrier, when the Scots would come, the miners would come to uh, uh, England looking for work, miners and mill workers, and bring their little dogs with them. And that was this Scottish Terrier. Possibly two better-known Scotty Terriers in Australia belonged to a pirate. Ah, oh, yes, none other than Johnny Depp. He, uh, brought, course, yes, yes, he brought yes, he brought his two little Scotty Terriers in. Unfortunately, Pistol ca- and Boo. Yes, and those two little dogs came in without having the blood tests done and without the quarantine period. We have a 10 day quarantine period in this country for dogs arriving from overseas if their blood tests have been done correctly. And because he flew in the private jet with his dogs, didn't know the rules, uh, those dogs had to be transported out of Australia very quickly. And people think, oh, that seems a bit harsh. If you think about the COVID virus, the way we've beaten it in this country has been by quarantine. And quarantine does prevent a lot of diseases that we don't have in this country from getting in blood testing and so. But, yes, Johnny Depp loves these little dogs and he said, that's it, I'm never coming back to this country again. <laughs> in fact,
2: uh, Pistol and Boo ended up getting a private jet yep. uh, out of Queensland and straight back to the States. So uh, I guess it wasn't all bad for them.
3: You know what they were bred for? You're not going to believe this. No. A lot of people think, oh, for ratting in, in – uh, well, did they come, did they come like from that?
2: Yorkshire? Is that why they're called yes, Yorkshire Yes, well, terriers? they
3: really did develop in, very much in Yorkshire in the end from these miners' dogs. And they were used a lot for hunting foxes, would you believe? They were a little bit bigger in those days. Foxes and badgers. So there you go. But they, they would also be ratters and get rid of the – the. there's a lot of ver- vermin. We know how bad rats can be and the diseases they can carry. We learnt that uh, lesson very much so as a human race when the Black Plague turned up all because of the fleas on rats. And so ratters became very important in society, having dogs that would dispatch rats and mice very quickly. And that was part of their job as well.
2: Okay. now during the week, Rob had a phone chat with someone who can really only be described as a living legend, on Australian TV, and that's Carrie anne Kennelly. She's a singer, a performer, a host. She's even been nominated for a gold logie, and she's always had dogs as a big part of her life. Now, sadly, her husband, John, passed away only last year, and now the golden retriever they brought together is the main man in her life.
0: So, Kerry anne Kennelly, I can't believe I've got you on my show for once.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> is once a together. turn of events.
0: It really is. We started on Channel 10 together and then we went to did the midday show together and we'd be on radio together. So it's lovely to have you on. And the one true thing in your life I've always seen is your love for dogs. What have they meant to you through your
1: life? Oh, just everything. I, Mum and Dad, we all, as a family, had a, a, a beautiful little doggy and also uh, Tammy the cat. So we all enjoyed and had a lot of respect for animals Um, but of course John and I when we came to Australia within literally a month um, we had uh, a nine-month-old retriever Uh, Mm. so that was one of the first things we actually ever got when we
0: moved here and that was a long time ago before and, a car, before anything. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And now you have a, a retriever again. You've had a, an English Springer Spaniel since, I know, and mm-hmm. you, you have a, a golden retriever. A
1: gorgeous boy. Um, and yeah. I know you were so fantastic with John and I and helped us source you know, the, the best breeders yeah. uh, because we all know that occasionally uh, there are some bad breeds around. I mean, every dog you have is special. So this one, he is just the snuggler from way back. He <laughs> snuggled from the... We went over to see he and, his, and the litter at six weeks and we had Pecca the litter and the lovely lady said, look, I'm thinking about those three, because that one over there, energetic teenager, that's what I need for him. So um, I remember sort of John bent down and this little puppy and they're all running around. He picked him up and he immediately snuggled into John's arms because, you know, a lot of the time they just go, let me down, let me down. I want to play with my brothers and sisters. Um, And then he ran around a bit and John just said, pick that one up again. And as soon as I picked him up, he snuggled. Mm. He chose us, to be quite Mm. frank. And he has been the same ever since, except he's 46 kilos now. <laughs>
0: We're going but
1: to he's not that on this show no, 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 no. He is not fat, Rob I promise you He is not fat. He is so tall And he's long um, He, you know You can feel his ribs And he, he's, you know If I could look as if I've lost weight When I wash my hair I'd be a happy woman Whereas when you wash <laughs> him He looks almost Not quite skinny But he is The nature Lots of, of this dog Is just He is the kindest, nicest dog.
0: He's been with you through a lot, hasn't he?
1: Yes, he has. Uh, He sleeps on my bed at night. I know you don't like that. Oh, no, I do. (laughs) I don't mind that at all. I love my
0: dogs on my bed. (laughs) The
1: colder it gets, the more dogs you have. (laughs) That's right. And, yes, we, we have been through a lot together.
0: Yeah, and you still take him out of the course to the park and walks and things. Yes,
1: he has big um, walk, uh, at least an hour every morning. Wow. Um, and uh, at night, probably a smaller walk, but uh, but he's always keen and anxious, and he's still a hungry dog. Yeah. Um, but he, I give him a really large, um, big cupful of the vegetables which I defrost every night, just to try and fill him up because he is
0: always hungry but that is the breed of the dog. So he's part of your, you're a very fit person he's part of your physical fitness routine yeah? Oh, that
1: part therein I so
0: wish I could take him to golf oh my
1: (laughs) heavens if we could become civilised in this country and take our dogs on the golf course I would be the happiest woman since sliced bread and so would digger but no you
0: can't do that. But you've done a lot of work socialising him and doing that properly as well and training him. Well, what was interesting, um, uh, when we picked him up, the breeder
1: um, clearly knows a lot about what she's doing. And she said, "Okay, he's eight weeks now. 16 weeks is the um, imprint. So before 16 weeks, you know, that will make us the dog. You have to introduce him to at least 100 people. Not 25 people four times, 100 people. Make sure, you know, you can walk him past building sites and do everything you want him to do and be before 16 weeks because that is the
0: imprint, which Mm. I'd
1: never, ever heard that before.
0: Yep, it's a very important time in the dog's behavioural patterns and the way he develops. So you do... All your dogs have been very good that way, I've got to say. They're all very, very good. I've always... Enjoyed looking after any of your dogs because they are so well socialized and well mannered dogs. No, he's a lovely dog, lovely dog. Yeah. Well, and he has been a naughty dog, as you know, Rob. Oh, yes, yeah, okay, remember his when he
1: was six months of age? <laughs>
0: um, yes, oh, yeah, I, I wasn't going to bring that up, and he did oh, swallow that's all something. Right. Very yeah. personal. <laughs> yes, he did,
1: um, and and I know how close to losing him we we got because it took yeah. a day or so to figure out, what, you know, what was wrong,
0: and then yeah. uh, then you had to operate. And thank goodness for you. Yes, I found Kerry Ann Kinley's knickers. I got... <laughs> I'm missing knickers. Dogs can do that. And I... So that oh. there they were, oh oh yeah, oh,
1: but you nursed him back to health, um, because I think it was very touch and go, if I remember you
0: telling me, it was for a little while, but we uh yeah, we had to do a bit of resection, and thankfully he's mm. he's had such a full life with you, mm. and uh, I know you're both- thankful for each other now really Oh, we we are indeed, well thank you so much for talking to us i I love chatting to you anytime, but about. It's Animals, it's just wonderful, and I will see you very soon.
1: Well, I look forward to it, and congratulations on your your uh, podcast, Doggy Pod.
0: Thank you, my friend. All the very yeah. best. Love you, you lots. T-
1: you take care. Thanks yeah. very much, Rob.
2: Anyway, we're going to talk about where should my dog sleep. Now, some people would never let their dogs sleep outside. Others say that's where the dog should be. They should be outside. Other people will have their dogs sleeping at the end of their beds, some in their beds. Some people will send their dogs to the laundry or have a little designated area uh, in in another part of the house.
3: Is there a right or wrong place that our dogs should sleep? The weird thing is I often see these people that say, oh, I believe in all natural things with my dogs, natural diets, natural this, and then they have the dog outside. Well, naturally, when dogs started evolving with humans... They slept with the human around the camp and the best place if you want to have a good relationship with your dog for me um, is in the same room that my dog sleeps in our bedroom or many of our dogs sleep in our bedrooms to to be honest. Uh, My children have often had, well they've always had, not often, they always have one or two or three dogs on their beds. Um, I prefer the dog to sleep in its own bed next to me and I do have a bed that goes, slides under my bed and then comes out every night and a uh, couple of my dogs will sleep on that. So we have beds in the bedroom for the dogs to lie on.
2: In fact, a lot of those beds are called doggy pods or dog pods, oh, they,
3: they? Are, they? They are doggy pods, not dog pods, doggy pods.
2: Well, no, doggy pod is a really good uh, podcast. <laughs> a dog pod is something that, yeah, your dog yeah. sleeps in.
3: If you're going to have, if you must have your dog outside, at least have a decent area for it. A good kennel is fine. I'm happy with that. Not a metal one. You know how cold it gets in winter and how hot those things get in summer? For goodness sakes, have a really good, preferably a good wooden one, which you'll replace often, um, and something that's insulated off the ground because it gets very cold on the ground and plenty of warm blankets in winter and just a nice cool area in, in summer. But for me... I prefer them to sleep inside with me. I mean, why have I got dogs? Not just to be outside guarding the premises; they're part of my family, and so they sleep with the family.
2: So even big dogs should should ideally sleep in the same room.
3: Well, our uh, some of our dogs are forty odd kilos, wow. so they're big dogs, and they just sleep quietly in the house. Some of them like to go and sleep on the bathroom, you know, to, in, in, on the bathroom tiles in summer, and that's fine by me. Um, some of them like to sleep on my bed. Uh, we tend to draw the line on that and say, no, you've got to sleep on your bed. That's why they have their own bed just beside us. The kids, they allow them to sleep there. And we've, they've got big beds and plenty of room. And I guess it's a, a, a spin-off from my childhood. My German shepherd, Strauss, used to sleep under the bed when he was a puppy and then on the bed. And I only had a single bed, but like Bob Marley, there was plenty of room on that for both of us to sleep on. Like Bob Marley. Yeah, yeah. On my single bed. <laughs> oh, I remember that song. Yeah. It's yeah. very good. Um, does your, do your dogs snore? Because mine does. Uh, luckily we don't have any snorers at the moment. We have had snorers and there are certain breeds that snore a lot and we will talk about that in the future. But uh, at the moment, yeah, they snore a little bit but not too badly. Not as much as other people that are asleep in that room. Which brings me to something else I wanted to talk about, and that is, do dogs dream? Oh, yeah, don't they dream? If you ha- don't know that dogs dream, you haven't uh, lived with a dog, you haven't had the pleasure. And I'm sure they're dreaming about chasing rabbits or you know, tra- keeping the house protected or whatever it is. They do have dreams. They have REMs like us. In fact, there have been scientific studies where they've put um, little electrodes on dogs' heads and st- Seeing the same sleep patterns that we get, they do have those rapid eye movements and all those things that we have, and I'm sure they are dreaming of all sorts of things and being out in the field with you, having a great time.
2: Is there? A, is there a? Do they dream more after exercise or after a big meal or anything like
3: that? I don't know. If the study showed that I think they were just looking to see if the brain patterns and the brain waves uh, were different to ours, and in some ways they are, but they still had the same hyper excitable patterns when they were doing their little movements as well or when their eyes were moving that's when the brain patterns were really excited and showed that they were most definitely having some sort of no, dream I guess what, what do you want to call it subconscious behavioural thing going on maybe they were just chasing another dog or whatever or being chased by another dog but they were certainly having dreams that's what the study concluded <laughs>
2: Okay, let's um, just go back to our quiz that we started this episode with. And that was, why do dogs have wet noses? And it was A, it helps them absorb scents. B, it's a form of perspiration. C, it tells other dogs they want to be friends. Or D, it's really just doggy snot. And the answer, Dr Rob, is?
3: It helps them pick up smells and they live in a world of smell. Very much so. A dog can be, remember when a dog comes into this world, it can't see, it can't hear, it just has a sense of smell and taste. And that gets it to its mother's breasts and allows it to suckle. When dogs leave this earth, if they are blind and deaf, that doesn't worry them. It's their sense of smell that keeps them going and keeps them knowing almost where they are and what's around them. So should we worry if our dog doesn't have a wet nose? No, it's not uh, true the dog must have a wet nose. Especially in summer, a lot of dogs will have dry noses. It can be a sign of illness if there are lots of other signs there. But in itself, uh, if the dog's not dehydrated, I wouldn't get too worried.
2: What about if they don't have a wet nose for days and days on end?
3: Look, the the big thing with the dry nose thing came with uh, distemper. The simple is also called hard pad because, of course, your pads to get hard if you were a dog and, of course, your nose became very hard and dry. And dehydration does that as well. If you're worried, always check with your vet. Um, add a little bit of salt to the dog's diet. Dogs don't suffer from the type of heart disease we do of coronary artery disease. A little bit of salt in the diet if your dog's nose is always dry will make sure that your dog's drinking a lot. It's like the old nuts on the bar trick. They don't give you those nuts for free because they want, they like you, want you to eat nuts. No, they give you those nuts so you get thirsty and buy more drinks. And it's the same with us. If you, with dogs, a little bit of salt, I tell people, on the food gets that dog drinking a little bit more. And if you, dog that's drinking a little bit more is going to have healthier kidneys as well. Just always watch what the dog's drinking. If you think, mm, I don't think he's drinking enough, Sprinkle some salt. That's about it for us on this episode
2: of the Doggy Pod. Next week, we're going to be talking about how to buy a dog, the best way to buy a dog. What's your choice in that area? Is it a rescue dog? Is it a purebred? Or is it a mongrel bought from a bloke down at the end of the street? Our celebrity dog is a French bulldog and a poodle-terrier combo owned by one of the most famous entertainers in the
3: world who just happens to be Australian. So don't forget... Learn lessons from your dog because, as Robert Wagner said, a dog will teach you unconditional love. If you can have that in your life, things can't be too bad.
2: Yeah, well said. Well said. And if you've enjoyed the doggy pod, please subscribe. And we look forward to talking dogs next week. See you later. Bye.